the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, stay tuned for the conclusion of last week's message. I feel an obligation, and we ought to feel an obligation to the blood of Jesus. Because the blood has done for you what nobody and nothing else could do. It opened up the way. So that you and I could get into the presence of God without having to give our offering to somebody else. And let me say it like this. Can you imagine if you had to get into the presence of God and it was two o'clock in the morning, something going on in your life and you just got to get to God. You run to the church, knock on the door and the priest is asleep. The high priest, because he's the only one that can go in the presence of God before the blood of Jesus and the high priest says, we're not taking offerings today. So you got to go back home with your issue. You go back home with your head hanging down saying, it's just a shame. I can't get to God except I go through that priest that sleep. But because of the blood of Jesus, at 2 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning, 4 o'clock in the morning, doesn't matter what time of day, you can boldly come into the presence of God. Make your petitions known unto God and find rest and peace for your soul. We owe it. Lord, have mercy. We've got an obligation to the blood of Jesus is what I'm trying to help us to say. Let me, let me see if I can move us along here. Not only does he say we have an obligation to the blood of Jesus, but if you pick up in verse number 21, he says, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Now, the second thing he says here is we have an obligation Uh, inherent obligation to attend church, to go to church regularly, because we have an obligation to the blood of Jesus, but also we have an obligation to the high priesthood of Jesus. As much as I can help you understand something, that the Old Testament guy, this high priest, he was the one that went into the holies of holies once a year on behalf of the people. He was the one that was the provider of taking the sins of, of the people to God. He was the one that, only one that could go in and get in, in the presence of God. And so, but, but now we have a problem with people going to church. And some of the reasons why people say, I ain't going to church no more is because I'm concerned that the pastor down there ain't right. Amen, Jesus and the walls. I'm worried about the leadership of the church, but the text says, help me, Lord, we have 
house of God. It ain't the pastor. Pastor ain't the high priest. No, we have a high priest that's over the house of God. You ain't got to worry about whether or not he's right or not. He's right because he gave his life for you. Lord, have mercy. He shed his blood for you. He's right. We don't have to worry about whether he's doing the right thing. Oh, yeah, he's doing the right thing because he's the high priest. That's handling the business of the church. And I know and people say, well, Pastor, uh, I ain't going down there because deacons ain't right. And I don't like the idea that they be out front of the church smoking. And I seen them at the liquor store and they just a bunch of hypocrites. They ain't the high priest over the church of God. God says, I'm the high priest. Jesus is the high priest. Lord Jesus. And this ought to be an encouragement to somebody. We have a high priest over the house of God whose name ain't Sterling. Lord have mercy. I know people say, well, you you the pastor, you the shepherd of the sheep. No, I'm the under-shepherd of the sheep. I've got, watch this, I've got a shepherd over me. Because at the same time, while I'm trying to shepherd you, I'm a sheep myself. Lord, have mercy. So, so what I do, I've got to be, I'm being held accountable to the one who's over top of the whole church of God. I've got a high priest. His name is Jesus. If I don't act right, he's going to take care of me. If the deacon don't act right, he'll take care of him. If the choir member don't act right, we got a high priest over the whole house of God. And and everybody going to be accountable to him. And so just in case you was staying away from church because you got issues with the people in the church. We got a high priest over our church. His name is Jesus. Oh, have mercy. And I know that this high priest is doing the right thing because this high priest can't ever fail. Lord have mercy. He never comes up short and he never fails in whatever he does. He's the only one. Because I know this is what folks say. Well, I ain't going down to that church. Why well, I got to go listen to some preacher? He put his pants legs on just like I do. Yeah, and that's true. I don't jump off the bed and jump into my pants one leg at a time. That's how I put them on. Just like you do. And a whole lot of folks say, well, I ain't going down there for that. But guess what? And I'm not the one that can escort you into the presence of God. But I have a high priest. His name is Jesus. He's the only one that can grab you by the hand and walk you right into the presence of his daddy and say, here's my child. They want to talk to you a while. Lord, have mercy. And even after you in his presence, because he is a high priest, he's constantly making intercession for you. Lord, help me. When you don't even know how to pray, when you get up in the morning, jump in your car, start it up, and you barreling down the beltway, he's at Satting on the right hand of God, praying for you that you slow down. Lord, have mercy. Praying for you that the accident don't hit you. Praying for you that things move out of your way. Praying for you that the enemy don't capture your child. Praying for you. He's making intercession. Lord, have mercy. If I've got a high priest like that, I feel obligated to go worship him. I feel a sense of obligation to be in church, to worship him because he's a good high priest. And and if nothing other, Lord have mercy, the same high priest that's over the church is the same one that gave his blood. And so I feel a sense 
of obligation to the blood of Jesus. I feel a sense of obligation to the high priesthood of Jesus. And as I keep on reading verse 22, because what he's going to do, he says, now, since we have a high priest over the house of God, he gives us two things that we ought to feel obligated to do. Verse 22, he says, let us draw near with a true heart, full in full assurance of faith. So since we have a high priest, let's not stay away from the church. Let's not stay away from God, but let's draw near to him. Let's come together to be with him. Watch this. And come together with a a true heart and with, with assurance, with full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with water. He says, look, since you got a high priest, you ought to feel a sense of compulsion. You ought to have a sense of obligation. To, to, to draw near to him. I mean, this is, a good, this is a good God that you have. And so you ought to feel drawn to him based on what he's done for you. And as we draw near to him, he says, draw near with, with a full assurance of faith. I have no doubt when I get before him that he can take care of what I have a need of. Are y'all still here with me? And, and I don't have any doubt realizing that our high priest, watch this, has sprinkled our heart with blood. Watch this. As I I told my 8 o'clock crowd, I said, now, I know me better than you know me. And you know you better than I know you. Because when I talk about how I know you, I know you as a beautiful group of people. I mean, y'all look good. You know, sister so-and-so, brother so-and-so, oh, yeah, I know them. They look good, smell good, always got the hair done right, always got the fingernails matching the toenails, tie matching the belt, shoes and belt all together, polished all. That's how I know y'all. I know y'all is wonderful. I mean, sanctified. Hallelujah. Blessed and highly fed. That's how I know you. I know you from Sunday morning. And if it was up to me, somebody asked, well, based on what you know of them, can they get into the presence of God? I said, oh, yeah. But you know you better than I know you. And you know if he hadn't sprinkled that blood on you, ain't no way you would get into his presence. But since we have a high priest who has sprinkled our wicked heart with the blood of the lamb to give us privilege to have no consciousness of sin, I feel obligated to go worship him. I feel like I just need to be there to give his name the glory and the honor and the praise that, he, that he's worthy of. He says, look, we, we, we have this guy. That, verse 22, he says, so, so let us draw near with a true heart. Assurance. Verse 23, here's the second thing. Let us hold fast our confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. So he says, look, because you, you got this, this high priest, he says, look, hold fast your profession of hope. You, you said, watch this, you professed you love God. Y'all still here with me? Don't waver by letting circumstances keep you home. Let me, I'm, I'm just going to talk to us now. Watch this. 
Sunday comes. And all of a sudden, you tired. I mean, yesterday, you got up early, pushed your way to the mall, shopped in every store. Help me, Jesus. Took a lunch break, went back to shop some more, went to the movies, Lord Jesus. Went to the club, some of y'all, hallelujah, shook a leg all night. Lord, I, I'm not just preaching to the folk in the house, I'm preaching to folk online too, because they st- that's why they couldn't get up this morning, amen. That's why they online churching this morning. They was up all yesterday, then been to every boys and girls club activity, then took their children to ballet, then been to this, been to that, done this, done that. Now all of a sudden, on Sunday, I'm too tired. I'm too tired to make it to the house of the Lord. Well, wait a minute. You've got an obligation. You've got an obligation to the blood of Jesus. You've got an obligation to the high priest of Jesus. I mean, it ought not matter how tired you are. When you think about what he's done for you, it ought to provoke you to jump yourself up out the bed. Get on on your way. Make your way, press your way to the house of God. I mean, hold fast to what you profess. If you profess you love him, then that ought to provoke you all by itself. When I met my wife when we was dating 30-something years ago, we've been married for 34 years now, so that was probably 36 years ago. So when, when I was dating her, look, um, I lived in Prince George's County, and she lived in um, Prince Frederick, Maryland, which is, that's a long, that, now, it don't feel like as long now, but back then, that was a long, that was a long way to go, to go see somebody. You hear what I'm saying? But when the opportunity came, because I loved her, I jump in my car, ain't had but a quarter tank of gas, but I'm going all the way to Prince Frederick. Or my quarter tank. I didn't even care if I ran out of gas along the way because I was trying to get to the one I love. If you get up on Sunday morning and you ain't got but a quarter tank of gas, if you love him, brush your way. If you run out of gas, don't worry about it. When you get here, he'll fill you back up. You'll go home full even if you come in empty. We got this, this obligation to this high priest. So let us hold fast the confession of our hope, not wavering. Don't be flippity-flop, flippity-flop. One day, oh, I love the Lord. Next day, oh, I don't really need to go to church. No, we owe it to the blood of Jesus. We owe it to the high priesthood of Jesus to press our way to the house of God, to come together, to worship corporately, to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, as is the pattern of some. Third thing, and I'm out of your way. Look at verse number 24. Verse 24 says, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Listen, we have an obligation to the blood of Jesus. We have an obligation to the high priesthood of Jesus. But we also have an obligation to one another in Jesus. Y'all hear what I'm saying? We've got an obligation to one another. He says, let us consider one another. When you think about staying home, I need you to consider other folks. I need you here. For worship. The people that you're sitting around, they need you here for worship. 
We need each other. I know that sounds funny, but we need each other for worship. Why, Pastor? Because the text says, I need you here to help stir up love. I need your presence to help stir up good works. When I see you jumping up, waving your hand and shouting to the glory of God, you stir me up. You stir me up to love God more, to appreciate God more. When we come together corporately, and I I can't say it no other way, it's just something special about having all the people of God together. I mean, we all together, one central mindset, one central focus to give God all the glory. It does something. I mean, it's contagious. I mean, one person get up, start to shouting, starting to testify, talking about the goodness of the Lord. Then all of a sudden you start thinking about how good the Lord's been to you. And then we just stir each other up and they start talking about the Lord heard my cry. The Lord saw about me. And we start thinking, you ain't the only one. I got a testimony to God and done something in my life too. And we get to stirring each other up, stirring each other up in love, stirring each other up. Even in good works. Do you realize some folk would not do good works if you didn't come to church? They got some people. They might not be on our usher ministry, but they got some people on usher ministry. They on usher ministry because you came to church. They were sitting there watching everybody get up in the middle of the service, walking around, people climbing over top of each other. They said they need some help. I need to, I need to join the usher ministry so I can help them. Because these people are out of control. And so now they serving on the usher ministry doing good works because you came to church. So you, your presence stirred them up to come to church. <laughs> they got some people that's, that's singing in the choir because they came and wasn't nobody singing in the choir. And everybody was looking and the one person that was singing couldn't sing. And they said, I need to go help them. I can sing better than that. I ain't great, but I can do better than that. And at least if it's two of us singing, it's better than one person singing. And they got stirred up to good works. Y'all hearing what I'm saying? We motivate each other when we come together. Can I say, can I just be for real, for real? I preach better when there's somebody in the audience. I mean, because at least I know you understand what I'm saying. And so it it makes me work a little harder sometimes, but at least I'm, I'm more in my game. If I'm preaching to an empty sanctuary, that's a little hard. But guess what? What if everybody decides we're just going to stay home? What if everybody says, we, well, we, we, can, we can do, we can do um, church online? Well, if everybody watching online, what you watching? Because if you get to stay home, I get to stay home too. I want to watch online too. So what are we watching? Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? We need each other in corporate worship. We need to come together as one body in Christ Jesus to provoke each other, to love, to provoke each other to good works. And then he says this, and even more so, he says, don't forsake assembling together. Don't stay away from church. You have an obligation. You have an inherent obligation to attend church even more as you see the day approaching, even more so as you see the end coming near. I don't know if y'all watch the news lately. You, you stay home, keep watching the news. You're going to be sitting in somebody's chair. You're going to be on somebody's prescription. Because the news that I keep hearing is bad news. I need to go somewhere and get some good news. Come to the house of God. There's good news in the house of God. You listen to all that's going on in the world, you realize 
somebody that lost their mind. This world is gone crazy. And you will lock your doors, put double, triple bolts on, put cameras on every door, at every window you have bars. You'll shut the blinds, shut the curtains, sit in your room in the dark, and you'll be just depressed. We better come together to stir each other onto love and to good works, and even more so as we see the day approaching. Because, listen, my brothers and sisters, it's getting dark out there. The darker it gets, the more we need to unite. The more we need to come together. The more we need to attend church. To be spurred and stirred up to good works and love for not only each other, but love for those who don't know Jesus. We need to stir each other up. And even more as we see the day approaching. Katerin, if you want to ask the question, do we need the church? Yes, we need the church. And we have an inherent obligation to come to church and worship. So stop staying home talking about, well, this ain't my Sunday to serve, so I'm just going to stay home. I only really need to come on third Sunday. That's my Sunday. And some folk, that's the only time you see them on their Sunday. This is my Sunday to serve. Where you been the rest of the time? Listen, we can help each other. Because most people sit in the same place anyhow all the time. You come sit down in your seat next week or this week and you look at that person and always sitting next to you ain't there. When you see them next week, ask them, where was you last week? Because I needed you here to worship. I needed you to be in the house of God. Some of y'all got some friends and some family members that belong to the church. At least their name is on the roll. Call them up and tell them we need you to come to worship because the body of Christ needs to come together. We need to stop forsaking, assembling together, and becoming divided and separated. And because uh, guess what? When you separate from the flock, you become vulnerable to the to the wolves. No, we need to come together. We need to come together and worship together, not forsaking that. We need the church, and we need to attend church. We need to come on a regular basis, not just on your Sunday when you got to serve. And every, every other Sunday, you sleeping in and doing whatever. We have an obligation to the blood of Jesus. He shed his blood so we could come together and worship. We owe him that. We have an obligation to the priesthood of Jesus. He is the high priest over the house of God. We owe our high priest to come together and worship. We have an obligation to each other. We owe each other. We need each other to come together to worship. I just want to encourage you, Katerin. We need the church. And we need to come together to worship. Amen. Father in heaven, thank you for the word of God today. I pray that you have spoken to the hearts and minds of those that are here and as well as those that are listening via live stream or who will listen via radio broadcast or other means. But it's my prayer on today, God, that if any don't know you and the pardon of their sin, they will realize today that the blood of the Lamb was shed for their sin. The blood of Jesus Christ was given to remove all sin and to purge us from iniquity, to purify our hearts, to set us apart as holy unto God. And they, too, have a privileged opportunity to come and accept the blood of Jesus that was offered for their benefit. If there's any here, God, that have not accepted the, 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 the free gift of everlasting life, forgiveness of sin through Jesus Christ, I pray, God, today that they would press their way through the torn body of Jesus 
through the blood of Jesus and give their heart to you. Lord, have your way in this place. Speak to others, Lord, even as they're struggling with this subject matter and this issue. Some perhaps even sitting at home listening today, convicted by the word because they realize they could have and should have gotten up and went to worship. We need them in the house of worship. Spirit of the Lord, have your way in this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together and we invite you to join us for one of our spirit-filled worship services Sundays at 8 a.m. or 11 a.m. at our new edifice called the Legacy Center located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-627-9500. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence.